Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Temple Bodley. Today's episode is all about satisfaction and freedom. How do we achieve satisfaction in our life? And in that satisfaction, how does freedom play into it? Well, I always thought that being successful and making money and having all that stuff certainly would give you the sense of freedom and satisfaction. But I had all that and it was never satisfying and I was not free because it wasn't really aligned with my soul's purpose. I had all these friends too who were in the same position, very successful, but they had no freedom and they found no satisfaction in what they're doing. And then thankfully, I lost everything. A lot of my friends did too. <laughs> and we got to start over. That's when Deborah Joe brought us the secret. Then we found Abraham. Then we went to a lot of the Abraham seminars. And then I just started doing what I was inspired to do and following my passions and interests. The summer of 2013, I started meditating. And then November 15th, 2013, Joshua said, get up and go right, right, right. And I went to my office and closed the door and just started typing. And that was a perception of reality. 10 years forward, look where we are. I have more satisfaction. I have a purpose. I am in service. I have more friends than you can imagine. Unimaginable experiences are happening all the time. This was nothing that I could set a goal for. You couldn't vision board it. There's no way to plan for it. It just occurred. I started shifting my perspective. Didn't know it at the time, but gradually through meditation and through working with Joshua and saying yes to a lot of things and pushing past fear, I started to see myself from higher and higher perspectives. Then my life became more and more and more satisfying and totally free. You couldn't script a more perfect life than the one I've lived. And that's what I'm seeing, that my life was created by my inner self with the intelligence of the universe and was the perfect life for me, exactly what I wanted to experience in this lifetime. Now that I'm on board with that and understand it, then I look forward to what's next. And it's always more and more unimaginable stuff. In fact, Christy and I just started a new podcast. If you haven't checked that out, it's called An Unimaginable Life, where we talk about some of our unimaginable experiences. This idea of finding satisfaction and freedom is counter to what Western society says is the road. The whole key to everything Joshua and white light and our inner selves and inspiration is all guiding us to experiences that help us shift our perspective higher. One thing that's come in recently that is the most profound and woo-woo thing at the same time are these activations. I've gone through several activations and the most recent one was about two weeks ago that we did on Zoom. Chrissy was in Tampa, I was here, and I felt something for the first time ever and then woke up the next day just full of energy, tons of intuition and inspiration. This completely optimistic outlook on life with a new zest for life, in, totally effective in everything I do. It's absolutely amazing, and I never would have believed it before. And my first few activations, I didn't really notice too much. A lot of people did, most people did. And I thought, well, I don't know why I didn't feel anything. but And then I had this last one with Christy, and it's beyond astounding. What I think has happened is that the first activations sort of set the body up and get you ready for these more profound ones as you go along. So we're starting an activations group. We're going to start December 2nd. We're going to do four activations once a week. Christy, Chris, and Chris will, will record the activation for you. 
You'll receive it once a week. You listen to it at your convenience. There'll be a special meditation that you'll do prior to each activation. We're almost full on this group, but if you'd like to get on this uh, wait list, there's always a few cancellations along the way. So send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com, and I'll send you the full information package that we have, and you can make a decision then. Also in this group, you can invite a friend for free. Also, Christy and I are going to do an in-person activation in New York City on December 17th. We will be doing the activations on Sunday morning. Then we'll be doing some healings and things like that as well. It'll be a fun day. If you uh, want to make the trip or if you're in the area, just send me an email. I'll send you the flyer on that and all the information as well. All right. Thanks for being here. And let's get started with this episode. We are thrilled to be here. As we have said before, you are the creators of your reality. There's nothing serious going on here. You are choosing a perspective in any moment. There's no need to choose the higher perspective or the lower perspective. It is whatever you will choose. And it is all dependent on many factors, factors which are beyond your perspective. You cannot see what's going on here. When you return to the non-physical, you'll have a better idea of what was happening and you'll appreciate every single moment of this incarnation as a human on this planet at this time of awakening. You very much wanted to be here. You wanted to sift and sort and shake things up and learn a thing or two, or at least have some context and delve into things that have meaning to you. Not all things have to have meaning. And of course, they don't necessarily or inherently have any meaning. It's always the meaning that you choose to give it. If you choose to perceive that something wrong is happening, well, you'll have dropped your perspective from where your natural state of being is, and you'll feel what you call negative emotion. It's simply the awareness that your perspective in that moment is a bit off from your inner self's perspective. So what is your inner self's perspective? Well, you could say that perspective is knowing, is perfection, is understanding, is seeing everything that you cannot see. Well, that would imply that when you feel negative emotion and you are choosing a perspective that is not aligned with your inner self's perspective, that you are believing that something is happening that could affect you or the people you love in some fashion, but in the essence of the non-physical, in what's actually happening, in the eternity and the infinity, and with pure information and knowledge, this is not actually the case. What you believe is happening is simply an illusion. Now, it's a very interesting illusion. It's an illusion that you knew you would experience coming in. It's the reason you're here. It creates all the context, but it's an illusion nonetheless. And so if you were navigating your reality and you would ask, how would I best navigate this reality? How would I best experience this life as I intended to experience? Well, you would realize that your emotions are simply stating when you're perceiving reality accurately or not. But a lot of you do not understand this concept to the degree in which we're explaining it to you. You believe that your perception is accurate. You believe that you can avoid negative emotion and that it's preferable to avoid negative emotion. In fact, it's preferable to make sure that you are not in any conditions or experiences or events that could bring up any negative emotion. And so most humans who do not understand this concept 
are hiding out. They're playing it small. They are not challenging their belief system. They are believing that they have some effect on the reality that they're experiencing, and therefore they try to control that reality. Since control is based in fear, based in the illusion itself, it'll never work the way they think it will work. So what's the person to do? Well, now that you've come to this information and you're playing around with this idea that things are working out for you, that you're the creator of your reality, that you can choose a perspective, that you can see the perfection and experience joy in every moment, how does this work? How do you get what you think you lack? How do you make decisions and choices? How do you think about outcomes? How do you hold on to that which you have? How do you avoid loss? Well, you are here to have the experiences based in the non-physical you. What you wanted from that perspective, having all the information, what you wanted to experience, the context that you wanted to place yourself in. And so you find yourself at this moment in time with a set of conditions that you have created over the course of your life. And you believe that you could lose, that you are finite, that life could end, that things could go wrong, and that negative emotion is something to be avoided. Well, negative emotion is simply telling you when you're perceiving reality accurately or not. Well, if you chose a higher perspective, possibly, quite possibly, you would experience more joy in your life. You would see things more clearly. You'd understand what's going on in your life and the lives of others. You might be present in the moment more often. You might let go of regrets and resentments and worry about the future. And you might have a bit of faith that the life you are living is the perfect life for you. But when you look at your life and you look back and say, hmm, things should be different than they were. I would have had a better life if things were different. I would have been able to do this or have that or be this. Well, that's just thinking to yourself that there are limitations in place that are preventing you from having, doing, or being what you want. Now, that is simply not the case. How would that work if your inner self chose this life for you and you were merely the experiencer of this life? Well, this life is radically different depending on your perspective. If you choose to believe that you're the creator of your reality and that you can see the perfection in the experiences and that you can have, be, and do anything, there are no limits. All your limits are self-imposed by your own belief system. Then you can do what's necessary to challenge those beliefs, to find evidence that they are not true, and then to maintain a perspective as close to your inner self as you can within that belief system. This does not mean that you will always feel positive emotion and always maintain that higher perspective and always be able to see yourself as the creator, but you will more of the time. You have heard before that the experiences that you're going to experience can be had in either joy or sorrow or anywhere in between. Well, that implies that the perspective shifts the experience. Yeah, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But no matter what experience you've ever had in your life, 
your perspective of yourself as you're going through the experience or looking back in the experience can be adjusted so that as you go through that experience, the conditions surrounding the experience are more joyful. The people are more joyful. The actual events happening are more aligned with what you actually want and who you truly are. The only time sorrow comes into this equation whatsoever is if you're wanting something to be a certain way and it doesn't turn out that way. And then you say, woe is me, this event happened to me and it should not have happened at all. Now you can see that if you are choosing to believe that things should be different than they are, based in a perspective that does not have all the information, you are setting yourself up for disappointment, discouragement, failure, in fact. But if you really looked at what's happening here, that you are living within a context and having experiences based in identity that you believe is true, which has never been true, and you are judging things based in that identity, hoping, praying, dreaming, wishing for an outcome that would validate an identity that had never been true. Now, this would never work. Who would design a system where a false identity would be successful? It wouldn't make sense. You wouldn't move towards a discovery of who you truly are. You'd be happy in the false identity, believing what you believe and never challenging any of those beliefs. This is the quandary that most humans find themselves in because they do not understand this information. However, once you understand this information, once you start perceiving yourself as the creator, once you start realizing things are happening for you and not to you, then your context changes. And now you have your power. Now you have your freedom. Now you have a definition of abundance, which is always receiving what you need to receive to move through any experience when you need to receive it. This context in place then alters how you're able to perceive an event and it brings you much closer in perspective to that of your inner self. Therefore, the emotions do not jump up and down so often. This is your only form of control, the choice of perspective, not the choice of decisions, what should I do, this or that or the other thing, or the choice of outcome, or the choice of specific manifestations, but simply how you choose to perceive yourself. Well, it is a great leap in perspective to choose to believe yourself as the creator compared to as the victim. Just that one shift in beliefs will carry a lot of weight as far as perspectives are concerned. But how could you go even a little further? How could you really see the perfection? How could you really understand that there's an illusion going on? You would get finely tuned to those emotions. Well, most humans do not have sensitive emotional guidance systems. Most humans are not ready for that kind of context because it would be too painful for them. Most humans realize that they're not going to find this information because they aren't willing to set up a trajectory that would lead them here from their non-physical position. That might say something about all of you, the context that you set up in your childhood the trajectory that led you here, the willingness to believe things that others are not willing to believe, the willingness to go out on the leading edge of thought and to try a radically new approach to life. 
Who would do that? We want to assure you that very few souls would endeavor to embark on an experience in this physical earth reality. It's very dense. It's very full of fear. It's the illusion of separation, which does not exist in other realities. And it is the complete forgetting of your power. You must be very brave and courageous just to enter this reality. In fact, to enter this reality means that you're courageous and brave. You've already shown that. You've already expanded to that level. By just being here, you are the maverick, the explorer, the daredevil of the universe. And then those of you who are thinking in a new way and leading by example and are teachers and leaders, well, that brings you to another level as well. And this is what we mean by perspective. Can you see yourself as something out of the ordinary? And the proof of that is that you're here now. You got to the level of I'm the creator of my reality, that things are happening for me. And now to get to the next level would be to realize of all the humans who are living right now, who have ever lived, you are at a very rare position. But there's more to it than that. Because in order to feel the satisfaction and to live the life you intended to live, there's a completely different level to be had. And that is the level of service to others. Now, when we say service to others, we are not saying spend some time at a charity, give some money away, help someone in need, do things you don't want to do. We are saying exercise this perspective. Actually allow this perspective to move you along. Have the faith that you are who we say you are. And then realize that every single tiny little spot of inspiration that you ever receive is designed to move you towards a level of perspective where you can understand this concept of service to others. Service to others by being this example, by being the ripple and causing an effect in the mass consciousness. This is all what you want, but behind that is great fear, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of loss, fear of being different than others, fear of ridicule, fear of criticism. All these, as you can tell, are irrational fears. To move beyond that irrational fear is to broadly open up your life to a spectacular level, which we call unimaginable. You see, everything you think you want is based on something you've seen another person have. That's all imaginable. You can picture it. You can put yourself in that place in your imagination. And you can believe that that would make you feel good. But those of you who have tried this, who have effort and struggled to create something that you thought you wanted, you get there, you manifest that which you thought you wanted, and you do not feel the satisfaction. You do not feel how you thought you would feel. You do not feel. This is the key here. This is a feeling reality. Everything is based in feeling. The negative emotion that you feel is the emotion you want to try to avoid. 
only because you've labeled it negative. But it's just a feeling. You want these feelings that cannot be had in any other reality or frankly, in any other time in the history of this planet. You want the feelings that other humans have never felt before. And this is one of the reasons you came in with such high emotional sensitivity. You came for these feelings. So certainly those of you who are here now have had lives with experiences where you felt great pain emotionally, but also great joy, joy that has never been experienced, curiosity, excitement, exuberance, exhilaration, pushing past fear. The act of pushing past any fear will cause you to feel something. The fear is a feeling. It's not a bad feeling. It's just a feeling. And you came for these feelings. When you push past the fear and you see the perfection of the experience, you get the information contained in that experience, you feel exhilaration. This is the feeling you feel when you've gone on a roller coaster and you felt the fear of the dips and turns and twisted speed. And you make it to the end and you get out and you say, let's do it again. That was exciting. That was exhilarating. Your entire life has been designed by you to be exhilarating and full of feeling. This is why you're emotionally sensitive. So don't shy away from anything you're inspired to do. Realize it's just getting on board of another roller coaster. And when you come to the conclusion of whatever that ride or experience is, you will feel exhilaration more and more and more. And as you do, you gain confidence. And so now you're riding in the front seat of the roller coaster, or you're traveling around the country finding the most scary roller coaster rides, rides that others would never go on, but you're ready to go on. This is how you are built. This is how you were designed. This is the life you created for yourself, full of adventure. And so when you feel that negative emotion, just realize it's a feeling you intended to feel and you're prepared for it. It feels intense for certain, but as you move through it, the feelings of joy associated with the acting on inspiration are also full of spectacular feelings. And with that, we'd like to talk to you about anything you'd like to talk about. Who's brave enough to endure the feeling of going first? Yes, that's why I'm ready. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so there's a situation I keep creating for myself over and over again. It's in regards to food and cooking and produce, I will get an idea to cook something and I'll go to the grocery store, pick up some interesting ingredients, come back, put it in the fridge, and then I say, well, I'll make this later. Next day, I'm like, oh no, I'll make it later. Later, 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 later. And then finally, when I'm ready to make it three, four, five days later, there's fungus on the ingredient. And so I throw it away. And this pattern has been going on for a couple of years i evaluated why this is happening to me i'm sorry why i'm creating this <laughs> for me so one was that it's okay if there's fungus on the mushroom i throw it away i just go back to the grocery store there's tons and tons and tons of mushrooms available for me to buy so i don't have to fear scarcity the second thing was like Okay, so there's fungus. There's nothing else for me to cook. I'm too tired. Well, there's restaurants I can order from. 
and they also deliver, so I'm fine. But beyond that, um, I feel like there's something else because I do want to cook. It is interesting, but this pattern of, no, I'll do it tomorrow, 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 and then finally the day I want to do it, the food is rotten, stinky, fungus, and I just wanted your opinion on what the heck is going on. Excellent. Well, you just gave a wonderful analogy for inspiration. This is the inspiration process. You get the inspiration. You take the action to set up the experience that you're going to have. And then you drop your perspective. And in the dropping of the perspective, you now fear taking the action or fear cooking. And you say, Joshua, it's not a fear. I'm not afraid of cooking. I just don't feel like cooking. And we say, that's fear. Anytime you don't do what you're inspired to do, it's fear. There's nothing wrong with that at all. You can do the inspiration or don't do the inspiration. But this is an analogy for you and for others who are listening to this right now. The perfect example that's been set up for you so that you could teach this to others as you are a great and powerful teacher. You have the inspiration. There is no fear in going to the store. You're going there anyway. You need to get the stuff. You've been there a million times. There's nothing to worry about. You have the money. You know how to pick out the the items. You enjoy yourself while you're there. And then you get home and something gets in your way and life happens. And there's something preventing you from doing what you were inspired to do, which is cook the meal. Not just by the ingredients, but actually have the experience of cooking the meal. What is that fear? Well, sometimes, most times, the fear is so minute, you would never call it fear. It's like the two fish. One fish goes up to the other and says, how's the water today? And the other fish says, what's water? There's so much fear going on here that you don't even label it as fear. It's just, I don't feel like it. I don't have the time. It's not what I prefer right now. I've changed my mind. No, you haven't. You have an outcome, maybe, and you're worried that the outcome may not happen. You have maybe a little bit of fear of, can you make this? And will it be good? And will others criticize you? Or will they approve of you? You're not really doing it for yourself. You are taking into account the others around you. There's all these little things popping up all the time. You have possibly something else you're inspired to do, and that pops up. And so what happens? What's the outcome? What's the bad outcome in this? You have a few days that go by. You have a nagging feeling for a few days, thinking you should be cooking this. You're distracted a bit. You're taking it out of the present moment. And then you have fungus on the mushrooms, and now you have to waste the mushrooms. Oh, that's bad. That's a judgment. We don't want to waste food. There's starving people in Africa. The idea here is that the outcome, no big deal. You'll get more inspiration. It's the nagging feeling from the time that you're inspired to do something to the time you end up not doing it that mm -hmm. is not what you need to be playing with. It's a distraction. And so we say, go ahead. Go to the grocery store, buy the items, cook or don't cook, but don't beat yourself up for not acting when inspired to act. If you act, congratulate yourself. If the mushrooms have to be thrown away, do what you just did. Reassure yourself there's plenty of mushrooms. You can always go and get them again. It isn't real anyway. There is no waste. There is no lack. There is no way to get your mushrooms over to Africa anyway. And don't worry about it. It's the nagging feeling that you have that is the only distraction because it is pulling down your perspective. Then when something bigger comes to you in your perception, 
some big idea comes, you think about what about those mushrooms? I don't want this turning out to be another mushroom deal. I don't want to have to think about this for five days. I'm not even going to start with this. But we assure you that this experience is designed to show you how inspiration works and show others through your brilliant question that you're sharing right now, this exact topic. You don't have to do anything, but you will notice your feelings and how you feel is everything. Because when you're slightly distracted, when you're slightly off, when you're slightly out of alignment, even though it's mild and you don't call it fear, you are reducing the connection to your inner self. That's all that's ever happening. So when you're really worried or really sad or really depressed or really think things are going awry, you just don't have the connection to the inner self. This is what we're talking about as far as perspective goes. With a high perspective, you have a high degree of connection with your guides and supporters, with source of self, and with your inner self. That inner self will then feed you and lead you towards experiences that will help you shift your perspective higher and higher and higher, help you eliminate limiting beliefs, help you take a course or watch a podcast or read a book. You see, when you can go with this perspective, I am always led to every single thing I truly want in every moment. And that every experience that I have is within a context, a greater framework to help me see the perfection in everything. Many, many, many people would be very upset that they're having to throw out these mushrooms, would judge and criticize themselves, and will get honorary and discouraged about the whole ordeal, and then just give it up altogether. And they will lead smaller and smaller and smaller lives because they're trying to avoid the negative emotion on such a simple thing. You, on the other hand, are showing through evidence of your speech how you are approaching a subject like this where many other people would just criticize themselves or blame the mushrooms for growing fungus too quickly or blame some event for why they couldn't cook instead of realizing you always had the opportunity, the outcome isn't important, and you have more chances than you can ever imagine to act on more inspiration. Now, if you can ascend to another level of perspective, why did you get this inspiration? Possibly, just possibly, to have the exact experience you have. So you could come on now and share this experience and illustrate the example of your higher perspective. Saying you can always get food elsewhere, there's always something else to cook, and there's millions of mushrooms at the store. Look at the abundance that you actually have. Look at the freedom that you actually have. Look at all the choices that you actually have. You don't need to worry when things, from your perspective, don't work out as you thought they would. You don't have to beat yourself up ever. What you want to do is maintain a higher perspective, a higher emotional state of being, for one reason and one reason only. Well, two reasons. It feels better and you maintain a connection to your inner self. This is the only thing that's happening here. And this is why this happened for you. So you come on and share this example with others. So I'm going to buy something from the grocery store. I know that. I'm going to be inspired to make something. I know that. It's going to come to my house. So now when I feel that drag, 
within me to not cook, even though my mind says, yeah, it'll be cool. I got that drag. Do I push through the drag and make it? Or do I sit down and analyze my feelings? Well, just by asking that question is brilliant. Do you sit there and analyze it? And does this analysis get you anywhere? Well, if you could analyze where the fear is coming from, that drag you're talking about, that is nothing more than fear. Anything that is below the emotional horizon line, from boredom to anguish, is some sort of fear. You were inspired to do something. Now you're feeling this drag that you describe, and that is fear. You do not have to figure out the source of that fear. Just know that it's coming. Now, if you sat down and analyzed it, you might come up with things like, well, I don't know if I have the time. I don't know if I have the energy. I don't know if anyone would like it. I don't know what's going to happen. I cannot predict the outcome. The outcome I want could not happen. And if it doesn't happen, I know I'll feel negative emotion. So it might be better if I just stop right here and don't do anything. And this is limitation. It limits you from doing what you're inspired to do. You do not know what you will get if you took the action. But we promise you, inspired action will always have information. That information will always raise your perspective going forward if you can see the perfection of it. Now, here's the rub. You're inspired to cook. You buy the ingredients. You feel the drag. And you say, I'm going to push past the fear drag. And I'm going to cook what I was inspired to cook. What you get out of that, you cannot know. It could be a complete mess and you could judge yourself. But in the judging yourself, there's information. Why would I judge myself over something like this? Oh, this is based on a limiting belief of X, Y, and Z. Possibly I'm not a good cook, for instance but you're not doing it to be a good cook because that would imply an attachment to an identity. I identify as a good cook. This is something that I glean off of this identity because I get praise as a good cook or a good painter or a good student or a good wife or whatever it is. You're attaching an outcome to the identity and you do not want to risk a chink in that armor of identity because you know that would cause you to feel negative emotion. What if I cook it and people smell the cooking and they're excited to come to dinner and we sit down and it's a mess and they say, oh, this is terrible. Well, if you identify as a good cook, that's going to sting. You know you will have negative emotion associated with that comment because of the identity. Without that identity, it wouldn't matter to you. You are not here to be a wonderful cook. You are here to be a shining example of one who can push past fear and act on their inspiration and live life as they intended to live, showing the power of who you are by seeing through the illusion. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you have a wonderful experience. You will get the information. You will have confidence going forward. And it won't matter what inspiration comes to you. When you feel that drag, you'll say, oh yeah, that's the fear that always precedes inspiration, but I know that there's valuable information in that activity, and so I will push past that feeling of drag or tiredness 
or worry about what other people think or whatever it is. If you identify it, bravo. But if you can't identify it, see what happens if you push past the fear. But if you choose not to push past the fear, do not beat yourself up because that causes negative emotion again. And that causes disconnection from your inner self and from the guidance. This is very layered, but you're getting into the nuances here of what fear really is. If you were inspired to go bungee jumping, you know that fear would be much more than the fear of cooking a meal. And so you don't even call the fear of cooking a meal a fear. You just say, I didn't feel like it. But when you realize all the fear that's going on all the time, if you could see it from our perspective, you would be looking at these brilliant, wonderful humans not doing anything because they perceive they are literally in quicksand and can't do it. That quicksand is just the density of the fear wherever you are. But that fear is always an illusion. This is the key here. You are endeavoring to see through an illusion, an illusion that everyone you know buys into, an illusion that your entire educational system and every system in your society believes in, an illusion that very few have ever risen above. There are no examples for you to follow. And so you will have to brave this new course. This is what we're talking about. This is who you all are. Braving a ideology where there are no examples and there are no boxes, it's unimaginable. Wonderful question. I have a question. Speaking of illusions, I was thinking of how I imagine in the future this amazing future with an amazing job and X number of dollars in the bank account and the mansion and the perfect life and the beach and the mountains and the everything, right? And I see the utter perfection in every single second in the current moment. And then it feels like there's a funny understanding there's this weird space in between these two things which is also apparently perfect does that other vision even matter even a little bit like is it all about just knowing the absolute utter perfection of every single second right now this is a question that is absolutely brilliant and speaks to what's really going on here where you are now is a point in time where you generate a feeling based in your perspective. And you say, I would feel better in this imaginary future that I'm conjuring. But that imaginary future that you're conjuring is based in what you've seen before. It's a box. It's a box that others have created. It's not unimaginable. It's imaginable. It's not really anything that you truly want. It's only what you think you want. You have no experience in it. Had you had the experience, you'd be bored out of your mind. It'd be not satisfying whatsoever. It'd be a distraction because that's what it really is. It's a utter distraction, but it gets you off your feet. It gets you off the couch. You might get inspiration and you might think, wow, that inspiration could lead to this imaginary future that I desire. 
So I will push past my fear and I'll act on the inspiration. That's wonderful. But if it doesn't go so well, you might regret that action or you might feel negative motion and you might blame yourself for not successfully navigating that experience to get what you think you want. What you want is to understand what's really happening in this reality. You want the clarity to know what's really happening. You want the clarity to know that that box that you're chasing is a fraction of how you could feel if you allowed yourself to go with the flow of your reality and you had the clarity to see one thing and one thing only. You had the clarity to see the moment's perfect, to live in that moment, to understand that if the moment's perfect and you're in that moment, then you're perfect too, because you couldn't be a match to that perfect moment if you weren't perfect yourself. And that every moment stacked on top of each other gives you context. And in each moment, you have a choice, not of what to do or where to go, but of what perspective you will choose. Choose the perspective closer to perfection or closer to limitation, lack, fear, imperfection. What if this wild idea that the present moment is perfect is true? What if all the good feelings you could ever feel, satisfaction, joy, ecstasy, exhilaration, excitement, are found only in the present moment and only by seeing as much perfection as you can? Your emotional range from desperation, despair, injustice, to joy, love, freedom, abundance, depends on your perspective. And your perspective is, am I perfect in this perfect moment? Or am I imperfect in this imperfect moment? What do you think your inner self says? Your inner self knows exactly what's going on. There is no illusion, so your inner self sees you as perfect in a perfect moment. Why does your inner self see you as perfect in a perfect moment? Because there is no fear. That's all they can see. But they also know a thing or two. They've had experience. They have wisdom and knowledge that you are yet to possess, but you are learning this as you ask questions like this. And imagine your ideal future compared to a moment in time right now where you might judge it as imperfect. What if you judged it as perfect? How could you possibly do it? You would say, hmm, I don't have the money. I don't have the mansion. I don't have this, that, or the other thing that I think would make me happy. But why do I think that thing out there would make me happy and not what I'm living now? It's an illusion. Without the illusion, there'd be no fear. Without the fear, you could only feel one thing, joy. With the fear, you can imagine that the moment is imperfect, that the future is imperfect, that the past is imperfect, and that you're imperfect. It's an imagination. So you're using your imagination anyway, based on this illusion, to imagine there's something flawed about you that could be improved. There's something flawed about this moment that could be improved. There's something flawed about the past and the future, and you know you can't improve the past because it's already happened. You can't improve the present moment because it exists now, and you can't improve the future because the future 
does not exist and will never exist. It'll only become a present moment. So you think in order to save myself, in order to protect myself, in order to get out of this negative emotion I feel in this present moment because I'm looking at imperfection, I must create a future that doesn't have what this present moment has. It has these other things that will make me feel something. And this is the great illusion that the vast majority of humans are living in. If I could just control these conditions, then I will make myself feel something. The conditions will make me feel good. No, you might use the conditions as an excuse to feel good, just as you might use the conditions as an excuse to feel bad. But the conditions have nothing to do with it. And this is the idea of the creator. The creator creates how you feel by your perspective. I see this moment as perfect, or at least working out for me, or at least interesting. And you're above the emotional horizon line. That feels better than saying, I'll never get what I want. I can't believe I'm stuck here in this horrible place. I wish and hope and pray things get better. The victim pretends that the outside conditions are making them feel something. Now, it makes sense. If you don't know this information, if you were not taught these things, you would say that that thing happened and I felt bad. Therefore, I felt bad because of that thing. And I must control that thing so it doesn't make me feel bad anymore. No, you got to control your perspective. That thing could be anything, and someone is going to be feeling bad because of it. But the thing has nothing to do with how they feel. It has to do with how they identify themselves, where they think things are going, how much of a creator or a victim they perceive themselves to be. So you have the scale from despair to joy. And on that scale are perspectives. If you're in joy then your perspective is aligned with your inner self's perspective. You are seeing things the same way your inner self is seeing them. You're seeing them as good, as right, as working out. If you're believing that things are bad, that the present moment is not good, you have to be perceiving yourself as a victim with no control over anything. And everything happens to you. And you're an individual, isolated, left alone, need to protect yourself from bad things happening. That's no way to live. That'll never get you a connection to the inspiration, intuition, and direct guidance that could come from yourself. It's just based in limiting beliefs about yourself. Limiting beliefs that you adopted along the way that were never true. Now you have a tool, a process for analyzing those beliefs and proving to yourself that they're not true. Once you find the evidence that proves a limiting belief is not true, it doesn't hold water anymore. It conflicts with itself. You can't hold a belief where you have evidence that the belief is not true. Doesn't make sense. So you do this work, you do this work, you do this work. But what you're doing is you're unraveling a lifetime of beliefs a lifetime of perspective, of habit. I cannot reconcile the fact that I'm perfect because I've been spending my entire life trying to improve. In fact, that's why I'm talking to you now, Joshua, 
because I want to get better than I am. And then we come on and say, you've always been perfect. You just believed what others said, believed what you were taught, believed the experiences that you had when you were four years old meant something. They do not. Now, this is not an overnight process, as you know. This is an evolving process because we promise you, if we were to snap our fingers and allow you to come from a limited perspective to a higher perspective, it would be too much. You want to have the slowly evolving, shifting through experiences, raise in perspective because it's a practice. I can hold my perspective up here. When I'm with my friends and having fun and we're doing something great, I can hold that perspective. When something happens, sure, possibly I'll allow that perspective to dip and I'll feel that negative emotion indicating that I've just allowed my perspective to dip, perceiving that something else was happening that had some impact on me when I fully know that nothing can create my reality. I fully know that my inner self is guiding me in every moment. I fully know that the life my inner self has chosen for us is a life of perfection, giving us the experiences that we wanted to have. And I fully know that from my human perspective, once in a while, I'll dip into a low emotional state of being. But I also know that after a bit of time has gone through or after I've processed a limiting belief or after I have had a new experience, my perspective will shift upwards. You have a set point. You will only go so low and you'll only go so high and you'll return to your set point. But over time, as you do this work, that set point will raise and raise and raise. And that set point is indicative of the density that you allowed yourself to move into. As you raise your perspective over time and maintain and hold that perspective and entertain the idea that this moment could be perfect, and therefore, if it's perfect, all the things that I long for are part of the illusion because it can't get more perfect than this. And in this amount of perfection that I feel will be indicated by my feelings. Does this feel good when I imagine that this moment is perfect? Or does it feel bad when I think this is all I'm ever going to get? Is it ever going to get better than this? Gary started this whole process by using this law of attraction stuff to get his money back. He got all the money last in the great crash of 2008. He said, I'm going to use this stuff to cheat the system. And what he did was he realized that how he felt had nothing to do with what was happening outside of him because he never really felt that good when he had the money, when he had the power, when he had the employees and the business and the status and all that. There's always a nagging feeling of dissatisfaction. What are we going to do next? This is not satisfying. So we had to do more and more and more and more and more. And finally the house of cards fell down. But then he allowed himself to go with the flow. And at first he said, I'm going to focus on what I enjoy doing, my passions, my interests. I'm going to use this law of attraction stuff to look for the positive aspects. Well, unbeknownst to him, what he was doing was raising his perspective on himself gradually to a point where he received loud and clear the inspiration 10 years ago to start meditating. He was in fear of meditating, which does mean... He would say, I don't like to do that. I don't like to be alone with my thoughts. 
he was in great fear, but he pushed past his fear and he started meditating. And eventually he felt a presence. And then he started communicating with that presence. It wasn't a lot of fear then because no one knew what he was doing. So there was no risk to his identity. He just started talking to this president and asking questions and having fun with this conversation. And then one day he said, who is this? And we said, we are Joshua. Didn't believe it. Thought he was making it up, but played along because there was no risk to his identity. There was nothing to lose. There was no possibility of ridicule. And he kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it and then got up the courage to tell Lily what he was doing and she was interested. And then finally, about 10 years ago, we said, get up and go right, right, right. And he went up, went to his computer and started typing. And 30 minutes later, the introduction to a perception of reality was written. Didn't know what it was. Didn't know what it meant. Showed it to his friends. And then it were, this is amazing. That gave him enough ability to push past fear to write the next day and write the next day and write the next day. And for eight weeks, he wrote every single day, half an hour a day, and a 300-page book was completed. And then the next one started. And then the ball kept rolling and the path kept unfolding. And he had to push past fear and push past fear and have manifestation events and come to a perspective in 2018 where he could channel a course and the boot camp came out. And then through that boot camp, his perspective grew higher where he realized he was a teacher. And this allowed him to offer this course for the first time to other people. And then he met all of you wonderful people and many, many others. And more things happened and more things happened, more things at a pace that was manageable for him. But it wasn't until very recently that he allowed us to come through and say, everything is actually perfect. But if you recall, the very first sentence we ever wrote was, everything's right, there's no wrong anywhere in the universe. That's us saying what we're saying today is everything's perfect. When you get on board with that concept, no matter how long it takes, when you practice this concept, you have to do so from a higher perspective. Because the perspective in the moment will ask you to see what's wrong, to judge and label and complain. This is the practice of humanity right now. But the brave ones of you who are on the leading edge of the leading edge of thought are playing with another idea. What if I'm the creator of my reality? What if things are happening for me? What if it all has to do with my perspective? Once you've raised that perspective, you will see more perfection. You don't endeavor to see perfection from a limited perspective because it cannot work. The illusion is too strong. The possibility of imagining that it could be good, right, even perfect, is evidence of the perspective shift you've already taken. And as you take more steps in perspective, you will see more as perfect. And when you see something infrequently as imperfect, you'll catch yourself and ask why. Wonderful question. Jessica. Hi, um, Joshua. I had a question about dreaming and the dream dimension. And this understanding or something that I've read that we create this reality from within the dream dimension. I'm not sure if the dream dimension is the inner reality or what about dimensions? Can you help me with that? 
there's many, 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 many layers to this. There's a lot going on. But isn't it interesting how those of you who are living, animal, human, sleep. Mm -hmm. And those of you who sleep recall experiences while you were asleep. And you call these experiences a dream. You call them not reality. And you call the waking experience reality. Yeah. It's just a label. But why would you need to sleep? And in sleep, why would it be beneficial to dream? Well, what's really happening is you are having experiences through a day, through a time period. You create resistance as you go along from that time period. The resistance builds up, and this causes you to become weary, to mm -hmm. recharge not your body, but your mind and the accumulation of resistance on your path as the human experiencer of it. You're given a break and a reset. Mm -hmm. And in this break and reset, you are shifting into the dimension of the non-physical. Now, you're in the non-physical right now. There's several parts of you. There's a part of you that is Jessica who is experiencing this day, mm -hmm. this day that you have on your calendar and you say, this is the day after yesterday and the day before tomorrow and 10 years since that day and have this context that you've created. Within that context, you have a certain amount of resistance. Mm -hmm. You go through your day, you might be light and airy and have fun. Or you might say, oh, this was a bad thing. This was a bad thing. This was a bad thing. Resistance, resistance, resistance. And at the end of the day, you become tired. But generally, you simply have a habit of going to bed when you go to bed. And you just put yourself to sleep. Then you are not in resistance during that time period. That time period is long enough to reset you. Mm -hmm. While you're gone, you're not gone. You mm -hmm. just shift your awareness mm -hmm. from the physical to the non-physical. When mm -hmm. you remember your dream or when it's downloaded to you, the moment you wake up mm -hmm. in that split second, when you wake up, it hasn't been holding on there throughout the night. You might've said, I had this dream and this dream and this dream. You downloaded the experience from the non-physical the moment you wake up, you transitioned from the non-physical to the physical in that blink of an eye. And you interpret it through the human mm -hmm. lens. And what could you interpret? Well, you'd have to make it seem physical. You were flying around. How are you flying around? Maybe you were in a plane. Maybe you were in a hang glider. Maybe you somehow flapped your arms and you could fly. You were interpreting the non-physical experience in a human physical way. And of course, this is diffused or translated through a spectrum of fear that you're in. You're trying to make sense of this magical non-physical experience where you have no reference to the only reference you have is the physical experience that you live and so you go bring out that non-physical experience and bring it through a filter into a physical experience and you remember it and then you create labels all that was happening is you were playing scenarios with your non-physical guidance supporters inner self what do we do in this situation? What, what was happening here? How do we communicate this? How do we bring this information forth? How do we create a way where tomorrow I'll remember this dream and there will be some emotion in that dream that I can reconcile with from the past days or the past weeks, or the past months events? How can I move forward to that which I intend to experience? How can I 
equip myself with everything I need going into an every experience. So you interpret the dream, but the dream is impossible to interpret from the physical plane. However, you have emotions and those emotions could be indicators of liberty beliefs. You mm -hmm. wake up, you have a dream, you feel negative emotion. Why would you feel negative emotion, especially in a dream where you know for sure you cannot die? Nothing bad can happen to you. And you have some emotion about it. Now, could you take that emotion and could you say, what would give me this emotion? What belief do I have that would, upon my recollection of that dream, cause this emotion? Mm -hmm. Ah, that could be a limiting belief. But what it's really doing is it's setting you up for experiences that you'll have that day, that week, that month. Setting you up for experiences that you're going to have. Setting you up for an ability to shift your perspective prior to these experiences. You do not know what these experiences are. So imagine you buy a house in Florida, you are enjoying this house, hurricane comes through, and you have an experience. What's that experience? Possibly we made a wrong decision. Possibly we're experiencing loss. Possibly we should be doing something different or have moved to a different place. Possibly, hey, this is no problem. Now we can do it the way we want to do it. You see? Maybe this hurricane came so we could actually do what we want to do to this house, which is the perspective that you chose. So everything is setting you up in your dreams for what experiences are coming. You couldn't see the hurricane coming, but that was planned and ready for you and others to have certain specific experiences for you based on the density that you've achieved. You've achieved a very high density. You have a very open belief system. You are perceiving yourself as the creator of your reality. And you know that that hurricane was going to be for your benefit while your neighbors took other possible outlooks on that exact same event. You might have workers who come to the house going, oh no, look at this damage. You must be devastated. And you're saying, no, frankly, we have insurance and they're going to fix up this house to have exactly how we want it. Exactly. They will not be able to get that perspective yet. You will be an example to them and they may think about it. And they may go, hmm, I wouldn't have thought about that way. What is it about Jessica that she's thinking this way? Hmm, maybe she's being silly. Maybe she's being Pollyanna. Maybe she's looking at positive aspects. Or maybe she understands what's really happening here because she sees herself from a higher perspective. This higher perspective thing allows you the ability to see what's really happening. It's not a tragedy. It's getting you everything you truly want in a way that's elegant and unimaginable. And you didn't have to protect yourself. So how is that, though, related to the dream dimension? The dream dimension is a space where you come to play games, to okay. set up scenarios, to create oh. concepts where you will return to the oh. human And you will have emotions based on how you perceive what was happening in the non-physical. Okay, okay. It's that's an energetic mm -hmm. game that's played mm -hmm. for four to eight hours a night with your mm -hmm. non-physical counterparts. Mm -hmm. Now, here's something about resistance. Mm -hmm. For many of you, when you're existing in a lower density, sleep is salvation. You will see Older people sleep, sick people sleep, babies sleep most of the time. 
because the resistance is very high for those people. And in those conditions, they are complaining and wishing things were different. And so they sleep more to recover. You may have had some experiences where you felt sick and you slept a lot. As you raise your perspective, you will need less sleep. Why? Because you will have less resistance. Mm -hmm. However, the sleep is the release of the resistance. If there's less resistance, you become more emotionally sensitive. Therefore, the little things cause the same amount of resistance because you are now more sensitive. Therefore, yes. you require sleep, but not in as long duration. Mm -hmm. It might only take you four hours to recover, but it might take you four hours to get to that level of resistance that you're ready to sleep. And so it might behoove many of you to add in other sleep periods during a single day, a multiphasic approach to sleep, where you might sleep for five hours, be awake for six hours, sleep for an hour. Gary's experimenting with this. And through this, he realizes that the sensitivity does not build to such a level where he requires all that time in the non-physical sorting and sifting things out. The reset now is quicker, but mm -hmm. the accumulation of resistance happens faster because he's more sensitive. Okay. So all of you who will shift your perspective higher will become more sensitive than you were before. Now, of course, sensitivity is a superpower because you really want to know when you're perceiving reality accurately or not. It'll be more subtle. It'll be an accumulation of things. And so this sleep pattern where you're sleeping for an hour, awake for four hours, sleeping for an hour, awake for seven hours, sleeping for five hours with no pattern to it. It doesn't matter if you go to sleep at eight o'clock and wake up at one o'clock and then go back to sleep at five o'clock. You don't need to worry about that. As you move into these higher densities, you will see that your lives will be aligning so that this is not only possible, but preferable for you. Yeah, that's what Seth says too, yeah. So then um, does that, is that why the idea of lucid dreaming then, because when we break up the sleep patterns, then the lucid dreaming becomes easier. We're more aware in both dimensions then, in the physical and non-physical, as the human that we are here. So imagine that you have a dream, that you're in a non-physical space, that you're doing things that you cannot reconcile from your waking human perspective, because it is not a 3D reality. It is a fabulous, fantastical, mystical, magical, non-physical reality. Mm -hmm. And that you interpret it when you wake up. Now, if you are having lucid dreaming, what it means is that you have the ability to move the dream where you want it to go. Mm -hmm. And this is just another experience. It isn't better or worse. It doesn't happen for everyone. You can practice it, but if you're inspired to practice it, guess what? It happens to be right for you. If you are a lucid dreamer, that is the right approach for you. If you are not having lucid dreams, and if you're not interested in lucid dreams, yeah. then it doesn't matter for you because mm -hmm. it will always be perfect for what you need. If that person who becomes a lucid dreamer is paying more attention to the dreams and is understanding themselves from a higher perspective, then that is the benefit of lucid dreaming. Yet you will find that that is not necessarily the case in those of you who reach high perspective anyway. 
It's easier for those of you who reach a high perspective to surrender to every aspect of this life, including the dream process, without needing it to be different than it is, without needing to follow mm. it through or try and figure out what it meant. It'll come to you in a subtle way when you receive inspiration. So imagine that you are going to experience something and to prepare you for this experience as you are always guided and prepared for every experience, you are having these scenarios play out in your non-physical sleep time. When you wake up in the morning, you'll have some recollection, but you will filter it through how you perceive reality. So it will not match to what actually happened. It will just be a filter. However, the preparation that goes on in the non-physical during that sleep time will align you subconsciously to the event that's happening so that without doing anything, you will be more aware of what's really happening. Whether you practice the spiritual teachings or you are completely unawake, it mm -hmm. is a level of preparation. Mm -hmm. And the preparation is conducted through the infinite intelligence of the non-physical realm and those who are part of your journey, including your spirit guides your mm -hmm. friends and supporters, all working to play their part, including the dreams of those of you who will be together in that experience. Mm -hmm. Just like in physical reality, then. Just like in physical reality, but this is a preparation for that which you mm -hmm. intended to experience. This is why we say that you always receive everything you need to go through every experience. You will never be ill-equipped for any experience. It will always work out perfectly. Okay, okay. Preparation is the key word. Thank you. That, and you that have nothing in. to do. There's yeah. nothing you need to do. <laughs> All right. I think I think I got what I, I needed to get here. Dreaming being preparation. Thank you so much, Wonderful. Joshua. Thank we you. We have enjoyed this conversation immensely with leading edge creators who are daring to experience and explore and navigate the outer reaches of conversations in this realm at this time of awakening you all very much wanted to be here we all very much wanted to be here and we thank you for allowing us in with that we are complete thank, Hi, you. thank, you. thank you so much thank you everyone. thank you that was wonderful bye. Yeah. thank you love to you all thanks everyone thank you so bye. much have a wonderful bye. weekend i love the questions on this one there was so many good ones there's a lot to get out of this one. You might have to listen to a few times before, but really this idea of satisfaction emerging as you shift your perspective. Therefore, the only thing you got to care about is what can you do to shift your perspective? I think activations are the fastest, easiest way to do it. You don't have to do anything. There's no courses to take. There's no assignments to do. You just listen to the activation that's been recorded by Chris, Crystal, and Christy. It's specifically tuned through light language to the cells of your body. It's a DNA activation. We don't know how scientifically it works. All we know is that it does work. You will see things shift in the beginning in the first four ones that you have. And then from there, the profound activations take over. You will notice a massive increase in perspective, physical well-being, energy, no aches and pains. It's remarkable. I wouldn't have believed this if I didn't experience myself. I would love you to send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. I'll send you all the information. Just check it out because I understand it's woo-woo, but there's something going on here. And for the amount of money and time that would be invested in this, it's very inexpensive. And it doesn't take 
anything other than laying there and with a blindfold on and, and listening to your activation, letting it happen for you, and then noticing the results. It's the most exciting thing that I've come across in a while. The evidence that it's working for me, and I'd like to share this with all of you as well. Also, we're going to be in New York City on December 17th, and we're going to have a great time. You can come and have an in-person activation, which is always powerful. Plus, we'll be doing energy clearing and third eye activations. So why not fly in and spend the weekend too? And we'll get to mingle and maybe go out to lunch afterwards or an early dinner. It'll be a lot of fun. So send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com, and I'll send you the flyer on the New York City live activation. Great. All right. Have a wonderful week. Bye.